Hi, welcome to The Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. I'm Dan Paletta. Thanks for being with us. Hispanic Heritage Month is now underway. It runs through Saturday, October 15th. Lectures, art exhibits, a food competition, and theater. Just a few of the events planned to mark this community and its important contribution that it makes in our region. Mariali Luengo wants, wants to see something else come from the recognition of this Hispanic Latino Heritage Month. A way to tie it all together, something she's calling Hispanic Heritage Hub. It can be used not only during this month-long celebration, but throughout the year. Marielle is the president and CEO of the consulting firm Pueblo Strategies, and she joins us today for The Landscape. Marielle, thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Before we dive into Hispanic Heritage Hub, let's talk about you for a moment. You're a native of Puerto Rico. What brought you to the mainland? Uh, I first came to do my master's degree here. I live in D.C. for so many years, and of course, a great love story brought me to Cleveland. Ah. In addition to being Puerto Rican, you're also a Sephardic Jew. Now, speaking just from my own experience, most of the Jewish people I have met in Cleveland are Ashkenazi. Was it, what was it like trying to assimilate into that community when you arrived? Oh, um, actually, Cleveland happened to be have a very high percentage of Jews just like me. It's a surprising fact about Cleveland, but I am not the minority over here. It's a bunch of Hispanic Jews, mostly because of the Cleveland Clinic. So I was in good company and very well received. Do you see any similarities between the two communities, the Jewish community and the Hispanic Latino community? Yeah, mostly uh, an obsession with food. Right? <laughs> I share that obsession too. My culture has it. <laughs> it's our primary love language. Um, and I get in a very privileged position that I get to borrow and barter from both communities and try to exchange best practices and best food. <laughs> Good idea. Let's talk about the origins of Hispanic Heritage Hub. How did it come about? I was really fatigued uh, at the end of last year, Hispanic Heritage Month. I went online and I just saw all my colleagues in the same place. And it was this sense of like, oh my God, so much work this past month. So much work, so many events, so many, uh, so many things that we have to do. And I was wondering, where is all the money? After we worked so hard <laughs> this past month, where are the results financially? And it just was this long story of nonprofits mostly taking the burden of it. Uh, nonprofits that are very severely understaffed, overworked, taking the burden of using the spotlight really well, and yet not having a strategy to how to turn this into revenue. Uh, so we set up the goal to fix that problem. Who are some of your partners? Who are you working with? Oh, I have an amazing partner, Mar- Marcia Moreno, who her whole career have been specialized in connecting corporate and get it Latinx ready. And she is very well known for the 100 Latinos to know in the city of Cleveland, at least, that she produces every year. And she and I got together, um, I will be honest, mostly over drinks. And we're like, how are we going to fix this? Um, And then we put that proposal in front of the Cleveland Foundation. They were ready for us. They knew about this problem and they also want a solution. So who's providing the funding for helping you to do this? Mostly the Climate Foundation right now, uh, and it's a multi-year funding. Uh, we went very aggressively with our ask. We know that this was going to take a lot of money and a lot of capacity to do so, uh, and we wanted to do it right. Our community is teased with a lot of programs that come in as a pony show, but they don't have a sustainable plan. We wanted to make sure if we were going to do this, we have a few years to do it right. When we talk about the Hispanic and Latino community, it's pretty diverse. I mean, how many different groups make it up and is it hard to pull them all together? Yeah, and it's really hard to understand this as a market. I think most markets are organized by demographics. 
for us, age, age is not the most important factor. For us, it's the level of acculturation. A 24-year-old from Honduras is not the same as a 24-year-old who his mother is from Honduras or somebody from Honduras who have been here for 24 years. So um, understanding that level of acculturation is, is the key to understand the different audiences that we have. What different groups, and I know overall it's the Latino, Hispanic community, but who are you trying to engage here? Who are you trying to draw in? So our main target right now is to make it very easy for corporate Cleveland to have access to our community at large. That is our main audience. That's who we build this website around it. We are putting every resource out there to eliminate the excuse from corporate to tell us that they cannot find us. Is that an excuse you hear? All the time, all the time. And my partner, Marcia, will also tell you, uh, days like today, first day of Hispanic Heritage Month, we received phone calls from these very large <laughs> organizations around town saying, HR need to put something together for Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> A little late, isn't it? And you're like, you're a very big company. How you have no try harder? This is not a new, this month is not, and it's not something just started like last year. I mean, this has been going on no, for a long time. No, it has been around uh, for many decades now. And I always say Hispanic Heritage Month is not for Hispanic people. We know how to celebrate each other. We have these holidays and these traditions way past before this was declared. Uh, but it's the spotlight that we get during the year. So we are. We just want to try to make this link, and we want to funnel the economic implications of that back to the community. So the idea is to draw people to the website so they can see everything that's going on, not only now, but throughout the year. Through the year. Uh, everything that is happening, the website, you can find every single event out there. We have a very comprehensive calendar. You can find every vendor for every one of your needs. We are very proud that we inaugurate a speaker bureau. So if you want to hire a speaker uh, from our community in different subjects, you will have the very top there. Who are some of the people in the speakers bureau? What, what would they come to talk about? Uh, for example, we have an amazing teacher. Her name is Rosa. She, beyond being a fantastic, legendary teacher uh, for Lincoln West, she also is an amazing community organizer. She knows what grassroots means, and she has a lot of projects to showcase in the results part of it. She should be somebody that should be higher when people want to know strategies to how to organize a neighborhood and strategies how to do it truthfully with the people living in the streets of the neighborhood that you're trying to affect. Are people excited to be, or I'm not sure if be organized is the right way to say it, but I mean, do, <laughs> do, I mean, do communities want to come together and do these kinds of things? Is that what you see? Desperately. And I think be organized is fair. Uh, I always have tried to sell this as like, imagine, imagine if we organize for a moment yeah. <laughs> we actually do not anticipate how eager the community was to do so. We actually have to add capacity to our team because our waiting list for vendors to be added to the list was longer than we expected by a long shot. What types of corporations are approaching you? Are you have to give us, I mean, are they large, small, hot, the hospitals? Who, who's approaching you to, to become involved? Yeah, so we have a high interest from the high education, um, you know, from the universities. We have the usual suspects, um, we have to say the partnership have been very intense. Most of the banks are involved and already have reaches. And then we hear from a lot of um, companies that we have never heard from before. Uh, some companies were surprised that they don't have any infrastructure in place already for Hispanic Heritage Fund. And other ones were just welcoming. We're just happy to have this relationship. Also, I will say we have been very well received by the 
larger organizing movements. Uh, for example, Destination Cleveland, the partnership that we're building together, I know is going to result in a lot of economic impact for our community. Marielle Luengo joins us. She's the president and CEO of the consulting firm Pueblo Strategies. She's talking today about the Hispanic Heritage Hub, a website that shares all things Hispanic and Latino that are happening here in Northeast Ohio, not only during Hispanic Heritage Month, which is now ongoing, but throughout the remainder of the year. I know you want, as, for in terms of vendors, you want as many customers to go to a vendor as possible, but do you emphasize or try to encourage the Latino Hispanic community to patronize their own, you know, to support their own businesses, people that, that are from your community? Absolutely. And I think that that's an easy job for us because we're very conscious about that. Hispanic people, everybody who you will meet in the community, uh, not only they patronize their own business, but they will have a personal guideline of who is the best panaderia in town. The thing that we're trying to do differently in our community is not only to think about the vendors around food and music, but also think about professional services. And that's a conversation that we're very inspired to have. That's it. Yeah, that's interesting. I think sometimes we tend to focus because when the culture is focused on food or art that we don't think about, there are also Hispanic doctors or there are Latino architects that you could also patronize. Very much. And they're out there. They have been in our community for decades. And I think it's a stereotype, right, of what our community has to offer. We're working really hard to break the stereotype. We also have a very intense commitment to highlight the intersectionalities of Afro-Latinx people. They normally get forgiven <laughs> in this kind of uh, encounters. So we're very intentionally high spotlight in them. Hispanic Heritage Month is one month during the year. So how do you see the Hispanic Heritage Hub being sustainable beyond this period? We know, and we will have enough data. Uh, part of our contract and our scope of work is to collect and publish a lot of data around it. And we know that we're going to be able to prove the fact that through the year, <laughs> The community need to be sorted out and need to be outraged for multiple things. And I also think it's a true intention in all the diversity and inclusion efforts that are happening around the city to have the Latin needed workforce more presence in those efforts. When we talk about immigration to, to Cleveland, Cleveland has always been a city of immigrants. What groups are coming? Uh, are there more groups, particular groups coming to Cleveland than used to be? Or more people from Honduras or more people from Mexico or more people? Where are they coming from? Yeah. So the uh, immigration that we see happening, we still have a strong, not immigration, but movement uh, from the Puerto Rico to Cleveland. That movement still happened. Uh, five years ago, we have a big wave after Hurricane Maria of new Puerto Rican households coming to the city, and that's still true. What we're seeing is a lot of immigration by people with very, very sophisticated skills. This summer, we just learned about Mario, uh, who have a doctorate <laughs> degree and is moving through a corporate transfer. And those, those kind of immigration stories are also as important as the other ones. Of course, the Mexican community is having an amazing grow and a steady grow especially in the Paintsville area. And we're seeing more diversification of who's coming to Cleveland. Cleveland used to have a lot of segregation in the immigration pockets. And now we're playing a more equal level field with way more collaboration than we ever see before. What are the ways do you need help to help the Hispanic Heritage Help Hub grow? What other things, who else do you need to help you? Do you need more support from the business community? What do you need? Yes, we want their checks. We want, their, we want to be part of their budget. We want them to fall in love with our vendors. Uh, we want uh, employees groups to engage us. 
And we mostly, mostly want companies, uh, corporations willing to share their data with us, uh, which is the hardest part because we don't manage and control that. So we're looking for corporations who are willing to tell us exactly who vendors of us they hire, uh, how we can, why was the level of engagement, how often they used in them. That will be extraordinarily beneficial to make our case. Are young people interested in maintaining their culture? Sometimes, especially after there's a couple of generations of immigration, there's people become more assimilated into American culture and they, they kind of forget about where they came from. Do you see that as an issue or are young people who are part of this group, are they interested in maintaining their culture and their heritage? We don't only see that, but in that we have tons of data. Uh, the Latinx, millennial and Gen Z generation is an extraordinarily brilliant overly educated, overly proud, deep in their heritage population that is looking for true meaning of what it means to belong and be a Latine person. In social media, it's very easy to track them. Uh (laughs) It's very easy to find them. We also see corporate examples of it, uh, like the Target Hispanic Month uh, collection, uh, which is forecast to be sold out. Latinx young population in Cleveland is eager for better representation. And that was some of the considerations that we took with our branding. We put a lot of money and effort in our branding to make it young, to make it appealing, to make it uh, into what is happening national. You've obviously embraced this role in Northeast Ohio of being a civic leader in this community, but also in the Jewish community as well. Tell us about the West Side Tribe and what that does. (laughs) Um, I moved to Cleveland and I was very naive. I do not understood this East-West <laughs> situation. Uh, I really, I was surprised by that. I did not realize the passport situation. Right, right. Uh, when I was looking for the Jewish community in the West Side, it was like, what Jewish community in the West Side? But what I figured out uh, is that Lakewood happened to be the fastest growing sector of population grow and that also come with Jewish households. And these are Jewish households who in the vast majority are interfaith, interracial households. And there were families very similar to mine. Uh, so I'm like, let's just, once again, let's organize a little bit. Let's see what kind of Jewish life we can have together in the West side. And it just happened that our Jewish kids know what Parsha, which is passion fruit juice is. And our latkas sometimes are plantains latkas, which we call it tostones. Um, so I get to be very privileged to live in a community that organically reflect my heritage. That's great. It's 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 interesting to hear that you come here and you you sort of bridge that gap, the the going over the bridge in many respects. That people a lot of people don't do that. And I don't understand why. And I really want to understand the economic implications of us not being able to cross the bridge more. Uh, Hispanic people are not. Uh, are all over the city. West 20 feet is our center, is where we go, is where the pulse of the community is, and we're so proud of West 20 feet. But we expand so much farther for that, and our capacities are way beyond that. So what does success for the Hispanic Heritage Hub look like for you and your partners, we'll say it in three years or four years? That we have a number, that we have a solid number that we can prove of how much money we funnel to our community through it. That will be success for us. Do you have any feel, though, for right now, how much like Hispanic Heritage Month will generate or, or any figures on that? We don't. We're going to produce those figures. Okay. We are taking some national data to do compatibles. 
and we're keeping very sophisticated tracing of how we do this, especially in a regional level, but we don't know exactly. Um, next year, we will have milestones and numbers to hit. So what, what events are you going to participate in? Do you have any, I know you're busy, but do you have you thought about what you're going to do to celebrate the month? I'm going to try to sleep as much as I can. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> um, I, I may have a different take on all of these events. I am so proud to have such a busy calendar and the community is doing so much. Next year, I will challenge the community to be more strategic about it, right? If we're doing this much effort, if we're doing this much work, Besides representation, can we also have a financial goal in the end? I just want to invite the community at large. This is the month to participate. This is the month to come out. This is the month that we truthfully have the spotlight. Um, if you want to get to know us, this is the month that you will have every opportunity in every entry level, in every interest area to have it. Marielle, thanks so much for sharing the story today of what's going on during Hispanic Heritage Month and the important Hispanic Heritage Hub that you put together. Great pleasure having you join us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Marielle Luengo is the president and CEO of the consulting firm Pueblo Strategies. She's putting together Hispanic Heritage Hub. You can find that on the web. Find out more at our website at cranescleveland.com. I'm Dan Paletta. Thank you for joining us for the Landscape, a Cranes Cleveland podcast. We'll talk again soon. Thank you.